0: Should be with a sore throat, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's an honor to have our special guest here today. His name is Pastor Jeff Holt. He pastors Praise Assembly out by Zion, Illinois, and uh, he's Brandon's dad, who's a young man who's a pastor that also has a great gift of leading worship. For those of you joining us by webcast, Brandon Holtz, a friend of our ministry, we have his father here who's been in church most of his whole life, which I believe all of your life, born and raised, amen, and has been in ministry over 30 years, around that time, and he's just going to bless us today with this vast experience, the Holy Spirit. And all of the wonderful things that God's going to do. So let's just stand to our feet and welcome Pastor Jeff Hope. Amen, brother. You may set stuff there if you need to or put it wherever you want. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Joe. My church is Cathedral of Praise, by the way. Praise is something. It's got praise in there anyway. That's good. Amen. I wouldn't mind changing it to Metro Praise myself. Amen. Boy, it's good to see you guys. Wow, right here, up front, close and personal. I want to just share a little testimony real quick. Yesterday morning, in our service, we had two young men come to the Lord, uh, 19 and 20 years old. And uh, the week before, we had a nice young Puerto Rican lady that's visiting here in the States she accepted the Lord, and we're just excited about what God is doing. Amen? Amen? So, and I tell you, I've been just thrilled to be a part of your witnessing program, your evangelism program for the last two Saturdays, and a week ago we were in Yuppie Town, I guess they call it. I'm not sure exactly where it was at. Uh, I just know I was in the, in the city, and it was great. And uh, this past Saturday night, we were in the Muslim community, and uh, God, I think really we got the word out to some people, and uh, we planted some seed. I think we passed out about 50 Bibles the other night, and uh, so we got the Injil of Esau in their hands, amen. And I appreciate Pastor Joe for uh, allowing me to come this morning and uh, just share with you from my heart. And it's always an honor and privilege to share the Word of God. Amen. Uh, He said, I've been in ministry 30 years. That's probably, I think I started at 15, so it would be 35 years now. I just turned 50 uh, last month. And uh, I know I don't look that old, right? I can't look more than 35, right? (laughs) But, uh, no, God, you know, I used to think as a young boy... Uh, because I was raised in a pastor's home, I used to think, uh, you know, God, I don't have uh, this great testimony. Like uh, I don't know if you've heard of Nikki Cruz, who was won to the Lord by David Wilkerson years ago in the streets of New York, and and uh, so I don't have this kind of testimony of all these people been saved and delivered of uh, addictions and and alcohol and all these things. I said I don't have that and. One day, it took a long time, but one day the Lord finally showed me and said, you know, you've got a great testimony regardless for the fact that I have kept you from those things. And I'm not perfect by any means, but I do thank God today that I can stand before you and, and declare that God's a good God, amen, and He can keep you from these things. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, open with me in First Samuel, the 17th chapter. And we're going to read from the 38th verse. I want to share with you a story that I'm sure, that even whether you've been raised in church or not, I'm sure you've come across this story in your lifetime and you've heard about David and Goliath. You know about David and Goliath, right? We're going to read a little bit about it and look at this this morning. And uh, the 17th chapter, the 38th verse, it says, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. He was just a little pimple-faced kid, right? And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied." This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That's pretty big talk for a little kid. It's when you got the Lord on your side. Amen. How many of you know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Amen. Verse 47, he said, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And it shall come to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted. He was in a hurry. Amen. He And ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and sling it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. You've got to love it. Amen? Let's pray right now. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to worship you and to worship Lord, in together in truth and spirit. And we thank You for the privilege, Lord, to be able to share Your Word. And we ask that it would penetrate our hearts today. And we give You all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. "Amen." I tell you, when I read this, it really excites me because there's so much meat in this. And uh, there's so much we could talk about. and, And I'm sure you've probably heard the story many times. But when the enemy saw that their champion was dead... This giant Goliath lying on the ground, defeated by a little boy with nothing more than a slingshot and a stone. And you've got to believe that they were, they knew that they were in for a bad day. <laughs> Amen. We've heard the story from every angle you can think of, but I want to approach it a little bit differently this morning because I want to talk to you about the subject. Give me my rocks. Give me my rocks. Most of you know the story how David killed uh, Goliath, the warrior. And, and if you go back in the text a little bit, you'll read where David's uh, father, Jesse, sent him one day to, to uh, check on his brothers who were in battle, who were in the army. And he sent some food along. And, and we don't really know exactly what kind of food he had in his hands. We can assume it wasn't ice cream, Right? Uh, And he wasn't taking a can of Beanie Weenies or anything like that, but maybe he had a bag of cheese and crackers. You know, that's something that uh, uh, wouldn't spoil out in the desert, right? In the heat. uh, Who knows? But what I want you to notice is that David went there with the intentions of delivering his cheese and crackers, if you will, and catching up with his brothers and, and, and expressing their father's love to them and finding out what, what's going on in their lives, you know. But God had other plans for him that day. Amen. And isn't that just the way God is? Uh, I mean, just when you think you got your day all figured out, God shows up and he does a new thing in your life. Amen. Just when you think everything's uh, gonna work out the way you had plan that God takes the detour in your life and something else happens majestically. Amen. So I want to tell you something. Don't become blinded by the mundane things of this life. Don't become blinded by the mundane things of this life so much so that you fail to see God's big picture. Amen. Don't, don't get so blinded by the circumstances or the trappings of life that you fail to see what God really intends to do through you today. You might think that you're delivering a bag of cheese and crackers, but God might have something else in mind. Amen. I saw a YouTube clip the other day, I believe it was, about a man talking about going into the grocery store late at night. And and he, I think he had a headache and he was wanting some Tylenol or something. But while he was there, he saw a lady in line and she had hearing aids in her ears. And he said, God spoke to him said, pray for her. He just went in to get some Tylenol, y'all. I, I, I was born up here, but I was in Georgia 17 years, so you have to... Excuse me. All right. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I've told Pastor Joe, I'm Yankee by birth, but I'm Southern by the grace of God. Amen. But he went in to buy some Tylenol. And while he's there, God said, pray for that woman with hearing aids. And he talked with her and said, I'd like to pray for you. And she said, well, that'd be great thinking he meant, you know, later on. And he said, would you take your hearing aids out? And, and she was surprised and she finally, she did and he prayed for her and God healed her right there in the store where that she could hear him 20, 30 feet away. The woman at the cash register couldn't even hear him when he started whispering. But this woman could hear. And before it was over with, he got on the intercom and was telling people about Jesus. He went in that night just to buy some Tylenol, thinking I'm just going to get a little uh, relief for this headache, but I don't think he had a headache when it was over with because God had other plans in his life that night. Amen. So don't get caught up with your trappings or the things around you that you fail to see what God's about to do through you. Amen so the challenge was simple. He, uh, Goliath had stood up every day, and while while David was there, he happened to hear Goliath start bellowing out cursings and blasphemous words unto the Lord and defying the God of Israel. And every day this was his custom. And he challenged the people of Israel. He said, just send me one man. Send me one warrior. Send me your best. I'm the best the Philistines have, and just let us fight one to one. And the one that is defeated defeated, your army or their army will be subservient to the other. If you defeat me, we'll be subservient to you. And if I defeat you, you'll be subservient to us. But you know what? They were afraid. The army of Israel was afraid nobody would go out. And so this particular day, David strolls into the camp and he's bringing his bag of cheese and crackers and delivering it to his brothers. And all of a sudden, he hears Goliath blaspheming the God of Israel. And and he listens and his ears perk up, I can imagine. And he's hearing what he's having to say while they're trying to have a conversation. He said, wait a minute, did he just say what I I thought he said? Did he just say that? And they said, yeah, what's going on here? And they said, well, every day he's been doing this. He's taunted us. And David got aggravated with his older brothers. This young boy with a slingshot and a stone, he got upset with his brothers who were warriors, who were in the army because he said, are you not going to go out and fight? Are you not going to go out and face him? They said, but He's so big. And David said, but is there not a cause? Is there not a cause, Amen? We got to understand that there's sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do because you recognize there's a cause behind it. I believe David was trying to convey to his brothers that it was better to die in battle for the Lord than to cower down in foxholes and live another day, Amen. He said, "Is there not a cause? Just give me my rocks. Just." Give Give me my rocks and I'll take care of this blasphemous devil. Just give me my rocks. I gotta ask you today is there not a cause? Just look around you. This world we're living in, it's headed toward destruction. Every day we live, we're getting a day closer to Armageddon. Every day we live, we're getting a day closer to the coming of Jesus Christ. Is there not a cause today? I know I commend what you guys are doing every week going out into the streets. I applaud you and I'm telling you keep it up. Turn up the heat because there is a cause. There is a battle that has to be won. And Christ has called you to the battle. Amen. If you know there's a cause, all you got to do is say, give me my rocks, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to face the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Is this okay? I know this is chapel. (laughs) While all the army of Israel is cowering down in their foxholes, David was basically boasting, I'm not afraid of him. You know, how many of you got a little brother? Got a little brother? Anybody? Yeah. Do they ever get under your skin? Oh, yeah. Amen. I've got two younger brothers, and it's, I'm the oldest. Amen. It's a blessing and a curse, right? But, uh, uh, you know the yeah, they get under your skin real good. And then can you imagine when David came in, and here they are in their armor, and and they're 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 grown up, and they're 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 warriors, and and but yet they're afraid to face Goliath. And this little pipsqueak, uh, red-headed, pimple-faced young boy comes in. He's ruddy. He's he's dirty. He smells like sheep. Come on, and and he walks in there, and and he says, "Is there not a cause? I'll go out and fight him. Uh, just give me my rocks. I'll go out and fight him." And and you gotta think, you gotta believe, you know, they were just a little bit uh, uh, perplexed and a little bit aggravated with them. Uh, and, and, and I'm not so sure that they weren't like Joseph's brothers. Uh, you know, when Joseph started telling and sharing his dreams that God had given him, the visions he had received, uh, and how that they were going to worship him one day, they plotted against Joseph, you know, and they, they cast him in a pit and they were gonna kill him. But one brother stood out and said, No, we can't do that, and let's just sell him into slavery in Egypt. And you know the story how all of that transpired because yet again, God had a greater plan for Joseph's life. But you see, David, here he is. i I got to feel like that his brothers felt somewhat like Joseph's brothers. They thought, well, you know, we can't really do much about this dreamer. We can't do much about this arrogant little pimple-faced snotty-nosed boy. But I tell you what we can do. Let's let him go out and face the giant. So they take him to King Saul. Hey king. Our brother's here. He's got a message for you. He wants to go fight that Goliath out there. Mm. So they take him before the king. And the king looks at this young boy and and, and I mean to look at him he he, he didn't seem he, he didn't seem like much. I mean even when Samuel came to anoint the next king to replace Saul, he didn't pick David. He went through all the brothers before he ever got to David and God said that's not the one that's not the one that's not the one they went through all of them until finally he would seen them all and he said, "Is there not anyone left and and Jesse says, "I've got one more but he's out on the backside tending to of the desert tending to the sheep you you can't be serious you can't mean David even his father didn't think he was qualified to be king. So here he is standing before Saul, the guy he's going to replace one day. And Saul has to look down upon him and say, well, you know, boy, I admire your courage. I admire your gumption. He said, but you know, if you're really uneducated for this, you're really inexperienced, you're simply not ready to tackle this. And David had to convince the king. He said, king, you don't understand. He said, the only reason I know that I can go out there and be victorious is because, number one, I've already killed a lion with my bare hands Uh, number two I killed a bear with my bare hands Uh, and number three the Lord is on my side and if God be for me who can be against me come on and the king says, "Well, but you, you know, you, you just, you just can't do this." The, and I'm here to tell you that the truth of the matter might be the same for us today. Maybe the problem is too great. Under normal circumstances, David wasn't qualified. Under normal circumstances, he didn't fit the bill. And the same thing is for us today. Maybe our problems are too great. The mountain might be too tall. The circumstances might be too severe. But when you know that you know that God. God is on your side. None of that matters. None of that. It's all immaterial. All you got to do is remember if God be for me, who can be against me? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. Just give me my rocks. Hallelujah. You got to believe King Saul was a little bit impressed. If not by his ability, at least by his courage or stupidity. His willingness, but Saul does something else that a lot of people try to do to us today as well. He tells David, "If you're going to fight this man, then at least put on my armor. If you're going to be a warrior in my army, you got to put on my armor." So out of respect to the king, he put it on. Well, we're talking about a little boy in this in this heavy armor of a man, and he puts it on. Maybe maybe he he first got a glimpse of the brilliance of this armor. Maybe it was the, he saw the allure of this is the king's stuff, man. I mean, he's given me his stuff. You know, maybe he was enticed with it just a little bit, but he put it on out of respect to the king, and we don't really know, but what we do know is that once he got it on, he realized, I can't move. I can't fight. I can't do anything. In fact, he realized that if he went out on the battlefield like this, he was certainly going to die, Amen. See, David realized at a young age that God had used him before with a lion and he used him before with a bear, and it had nothing to do with man's ability or with man's armor or with man's defenses, but it all all it had to do with was that God was on his side. I'm here I'm here to tell you if God be before you, who can be against you? If the Lord is on your side, you can fight any battle. One plus God makes a majority. Hallelujah. Amen. That's simple math right there, okay? You don't learn that in regular schools. You know, they tell you two plus two is four, but I'm here to tell you one plus God is a majority. Amen. So he cast off the armor. He says, this won't work. Just give me my rocks. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been faced with a situation where everyone seems to know how you should do something? Everyone has an opinion. You know, opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one and they all smell, right? Come on. Everybody's got an opinion. Everyone knows how it's to be done, but yet they're not doing it. See, the problem is most of them have never been successful with anything themselves, but they think they know how it should be done. I watched one church go through a seven and a half week revival. I came in at the end of it to work with the youth. During that revival, it had transformed the high school in that town. It had transformed the middle school. They had over 90 teenagers coming to church when it was over with. But by the time I got there two months later, some of those old dead heads had already run off two-thirds of those young people trying to tell them how to live, how to dress, who to marry, who to date. I mean, just put all kinds of legalism on them. And that's the way it is sometimes. We're faced with those things. But I'm here to tell you today that when you get in love with Jesus Christ and you begin to follow after His ways, He said, take up my cross and follow after me. And when you make a decision to do that, not everybody's going to agree with you. Your family may not agree with you. Your friends may not agree with you. Even religious church folk may not agree with you. But I'm here to tell you, all you've got to do is make up your mind. Just give me my rocks. Whatever God has provided for me, whatever God has ordained me to do, just give me my rocks. Hallelujah. And I'm going to do what He wants. Hallelujah. Amen. But you see, we face this all the time. People try to tell us we're not we're not educated enough, or we're not successful enough, or, or or we can't do this, or we can't do that. We're not qualified, just like they felt about David. Uh, and, and and it's like football in the fall. Any of you football fans? Go Bears! They won yesterday. Hallelujah, Amen. Should have won last week, but they won yesterday. Amen. But see, everybody's an armchair quarterback. Hmm. I know you guys ain't guilty, right? You don't tell the quarterback what to do do you? Sure you do. Man, you should have done that. You should have done this. Man, throw that ball deeper. (laughs) Come on. Everybody has an opinion about how it ought to be done, but yet none of us have ever been there. I mean, how many of you all have been on an NFL football field with millions of people watching, and you were in control of the game? How many of you, though, yell at the quarterback on Sunday afternoon or Monday night and tell him how he ought to do it? Come on. Yeah, I put my two cents in there too. Hey, Amen. We all want to tell him how to do the job. But see, David knew that what might work for Saul or any of his army was going to only be a hindrance to him. And David realized all he needed was a few rocks in his pack. Hey, Amen. Just Give me my rocks. So David cast off all the useless weight that held him down, all of the useless armor, and he picked up a handful of stones and he ran out to face Goliath. Amen. Just give me my rocks. Will you do the same? Will you cast off the things of this world that try to drag you down? So easy to be trapped by those things. Will you lay aside all of the weights that Paul said so easily besets us? Will you cast them off? Those things that cause you to stumble? Will you make up your mind that you're going to stop listening to what the world has to say or what religious folk have to say and just make up your mind you're going to listen to the voice of God speaking to you? Will you stand up and boldly declare... All I need is the Lord on my side. Just give me my rocks. See, you've tried it every which way. Now all you've got to do is try it the way God wants you to. (laughs) Now listen to this. The stone that David used had already been placed there by God thousands of years before David was born. The tool for his victory existed long before He was born. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Let let me rephrase that because I really want you to get this. The very thing that David needed to slay the giant had been provided for him long before He existed. Wow. Does that happen in the Bible often? Well, let's go back to Isaiah 43.19. If you want to look there with me real quick. Isaiah 43:19 Says God declared through the prophet Isaiah, "Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert." Now look at that first part again of the verse. It says, "Behold, I will do a new thing." When? Now. Behold, I will do a new thing now. Now it shall spring forth. Now, who was this written for? This is, going to, this is going to make you feel good, okay? Who was this written for? It was written for the children of Israel that were in Babylonian captivity. Are you with me? Those that were carried away into captivity in Babylon. And you read about them in the book of Daniel. And, and, but the thing about it was that when Isaiah wrote this, it was 150 years before that time. <laughs> See, I'm going to tell you something. That's something the Quran or any other religious book, they don't have. Come on. They don't have a word of prophecy that validates the Word for them. Amen? They don't have an angel that says Jesus Christ is coming back and before He does it, Antichrist is going to desecrate the temple of Israel. Where is the temple of Israel today? It doesn't exist, but can I tell you, they're already in the process of getting ready to build it again. That just lets me know God's Word is true. Come on. And here Isaiah says, Behold, I will do a new thing now. Now it shall spring forth. And he's writing to the captivity of of, in, 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 uh, of Nebuchadnezzar. Those who were held captive by Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And it was 150 years before they ever went into captivity. And yet God says, I will do a new thing now. Can you imagine when they finally pulled out the book of Isaiah and? 50 years later and they start reading the words that God had spoke to them before they were born and he said, even in your problem and in the midst of your dilemma I've got a news for you I will do a new thing now Amen, i am come to tell you this morning that God has already made a way for you out of no way, He's already provided for you what you need to succeed, hallelujah you and I serve a God that is so big, He is already put your deliverance into place before you even get in your dilemma. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give the Lord a praise. Come on. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? I said, God has already put your deliverance in place before your dilemma. David thought he was delivering a pack of cheese and crackers to his brother, but while he was walking toward that camp, there was a few stones down by the brook that God had placed there from the beginning of time. And those very stones are the ones that he was going to use to drop a giant. You say, well, why did he take five? I believe David had enough gumption in him to realize that once he took down Goliath, he was going to keep on going and he was going to take down some more and his army would be in behind him and that's exactly what they did because when he got on top of oh Goliath drew out Goliath's sword he cut off his head just like he said I'm going to do today and you shall fall by the sword of the Lord Amen just give me my rocks he had no intentions of fighting that day I'm just going to deliver some cheese and crackers. But God had greater plans. (laughs) And when David realized that God was up to something, he didn't worry. He didn't get upset. He didn't run around the camp of Israel saying, I wish I'd brought my rifle. I wish I'd brought my cannon. I wish I had gotten this or I had gotten that. He said, man, if I I could just go home and get that artillery that I left behind. No, he said, just give me my rocks and I'm going to show this Philistine who God is. Hallelujah. I'm here today to tell you that if you'll make up In your mind. You don't need to get bound by the trappings of this life. You don't need to be bound by the trappings of religiosity. What you need to do is say, just give me my rocks and get out there and face the enemy on his own turf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pick up your rocks. Run out to face the giant in your life. Don't run in fear. David got his bag of rocks and he ran out as fast as he could go. Don't be stopped by those who laugh. Let them laugh. Don't be stopped by those who grumble. I wish they wouldn't do that. They say it can't be done. Oh, it might not be able to be done in earthly terms, but it can be done through God. Just give me my rocks. Just give me my rocks. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word today. Hmm. Come on, worship Him. Worship Him. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I haven't come here this morning to tell you that what you're doing here in school is not necessary. I don't want you to get the, uh, that idea. Paul told Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved. Workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But when it comes down to the everyday of ministry, it's not about how much of that you get. It's about how willing you are just to grab your bag of rocks and go face to the enemy. It doesn't matter who the enemy is. The enemy might be disease, might be sickness. Take authority in Jesus' name. Take authority. The Bible says, "Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." You Now, a lot of church people today. See, I I know I was raised in a Christian home. I, I thank God for that. It's a great heritage. But we have to guard ourselves that we don't lose our zeal. That we don't lose our drive. That, we, that we've got to keep reminding ourselves. You know, it's, it's not about the armor uh, and of the world or earthly intentions. It's, it's not about all these other things. It's simply this one thing. Just give me my rocks. I'm going to fight the devil right where he's at. And if, when he comes against me, I'm not going to let him ride on my back. I'm not going to let them... You know, we, a lot of Christians today, I know maybe you guys are young in the Lord and, and, and you haven't seen all the things that I could tell you about. And I don't want to tell you about them because they might discourage you. But all I'm going to say is this. A lot of people today that are in churches, they, they, they don't have the joy of the Lord anymore. They don't have vision anymore. And you say, well, man, how can that be possible? But it is possible. It happens because the enemy will use anything he can to create division or strife or whatever, or just to sap you of your joy. But I'm here to tell you this morning, don't, don't let it ever affect you. You know, when someone falls, you pray for them. You lift them up in love. Don't judge them. Don't condemn them. If they walk away, don't let them influence you, but you just keep on loving them towards Christ. Pick up your rocks. God has given you tools. He's given you an anointing. See, you got much more than David ever had. You got the Holy Spirit. Amen. Give me my rocks. Let God use you. Let Him direct you. Don't don't listen to the enemy when he when he talks to you. I, you know we got so many church people that just they let the devil. They I, I, they I think they got him a premium leather seat on their shoulder. You know, they just put a seat belt on and strap on and they come to church and oh, you don't know the trouble I've seen. Devil been on my back all week long. We'll take that saddle off and let him get off. You know, but so the Bible says resist him, resist him. I know you guys are young in the Lord and I know you still, temptations are going to hit you. They're going to bombard you. That that's a fact of life. You're still human, you're still flesh. How do you survive? Resist him. He can't trip you up with things that you don't desire. Come on. And the more you love Christ, the less of this world you desire. Amen. Hallelujah. I just I want to pray with you this morning. I feel God's just moving in this place. Would you just stand to your feet? Let's let's just continue to worship him. If any of you have a need this morning, if if you want specific prayer, whether it's sickness, you need healing this morning, you need a touch of, of, of deliverance this morning, maybe there's somebody on your heart. Maybe God's put someone on your heart right now that He wants to save. I want you to come up and let us just pray with you. We're going to bind together. The Bible says if any two or three of you agree upon anything, it shall be done. Not will be or might be or could be or possibly be, it shall be done. If you believe that and you need prayer this morning, come on, let's pray. Amen. Father, we love You today. We just thank You for everything. We thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy. Lord, I just pray Your blessings upon, Lord, this student body, upon this church, Lord, upon this community. Lord, rain down Your fire from heaven. Envelop our hearts with Your love, with Your mercy. Let this world see through us that You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we honor You with our lives. Today, Lord, we've made a new commitment. We're going to take up the rocks that You provided for us, whatever they may, might be. Whatever those tools may be, Lord, whatever it is You have ordained us, because we all have different anointings. We all have different things that You have blessed us with, that You have given to us, You have chosen us to do. Lord, we accept that challenge today. We accept it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone need prayer this morning? God will save Jonathan. Amen. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask for your convicting spirit to fall upon Jonathan right now. Set him free from the pains of darkness, Lord, the chains of sin and death right now, Lord. Deliver him. Father, we believe you right now. Hallelujah. We declare your word to be true. Father, right now we ask You to reach down, Lord, into His life, into His heart, right where He is. God, that You stir Him up today. Lord, that You make Him miserable. Lord, in His flesh until He comes to repentance through Jesus Christ. And we declare it right now by Your glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Is there oil here? Praise the Lord. Praise His name. You know that He's the healer. I know you do. I believe you're my healer, Lord. Amen. Lift up your hands. Father, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. Lord, the punishment of our peace was upon You. And God, by the stripes upon Your back, we are healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive it right now. Touch her neck. Father, make her whole. In Jesus' name, remove the pain, Lord. And God, give her peace. Grant it, Lord, right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your touch. Thank you, Lord. Right now, we give you praise. We give you praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else this morning? You want prayer? Amen. Victor. Amen. God's going to save Victor, isn't he? Amen. Right now. Hallelujah. Father, the devil's had his way with Victor long enough. Lord, and right now we plead your blood over his life. God, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit down upon him, Lord. That you open his eyes to the truth, Lord. We ask that you bring him out of the darkness and into the light. In Jesus' name, Lord, we declare salvation unto his soul right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, oh hallelujah, Lord. We we believe you're going to do more than save him, God. I believe you're going to call him into a ministry. in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you right now. In the name of Jesus. Vicki. Amen. Father, we believe you for Vicky today. We agreed together right now. Oh hallelujah, Lord, remove every disturbing thought and every doubt, Lord, uh, in her heart and her mind. We pray that Your Shekinah glory would come down upon her, Lord, rest upon her right now. That You shake her life right now, so much with Your.